Welcome to Coffee and Conversation, a podcast that's all in the name. Good coffee with great conversation. Here's your host, Larry Vincent. All right, welcome to the Coffee and Conversation podcast, the inaugural Coffee and Conversation podcast. Uh, I am here with uh, Joe Mallory. Say hi, Joe. Hey. Uh, We are going to start things off, but before we do, uh, I think part of our show should be about coffee. Uh, Seems reasonable, considering the title. Right, exactly. So if we're going to have conversation, we should have coffee. And so I have bought coffee for us from Starbucks. And uh, we're going to start this off with a hopefully regular segment of the first sip. We're going to call it the first sip. Maybe in future episodes I'll have a nice little you know jingle or something. Um, but today we don't have a jingle uh, because we're poor and we can't we can't you know afford it. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and take this first sip. I'm sure people on the podcast are going to love this. Mm. Yep, that's good. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, see, Joe got a a, a black coffee. I'm kind of a plain kind of guy, I, you know. Yeah, he. Te- I texted him and asked him about um, what he what what he wanted, and and he said I have never been to or not don't, I don't usually I don't go, go. Yeah, I don't go often to, to Starbucks. Starbucks. The whole that whole poor thing. That's a kind of a constant <laughs> theme in my life. You have six kids. I've got three. You know how that works. I, I do. However, I have a Starbucks budget. <laughs> the line item in your yeah. In your it's budget. a line item in my budget. <laughs> Heather only allows me twenty dollars. Uh, a month, which uh, if she's listening, and I hope she is, uh, when when this airs, she will say that's a lie because I go over twenty bucks uh, every month. I actually think I'm around like sixty. So she, so she's the one that sees all the receipts and is like, hmm, I see this. Yeah, she doesn't let me um, have control over <laughs> the budget. I'm a spender, and she's a saver. Oh, so, well, it's good to have the yeah. saver in charge of, of, the, of the checkbook. Yeah, right. We both have the savior, um, but she's the saver. See, that's when you know you're talking to a preacher. <laughs> you can just <laughs> flip words around. And, right, oh, just, 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 like, just like that. I'm going to have to be on my A game for yeah. the rest of the uh, podcast here. Exactly right. Speaking of, of, of the podcast, by the way, we don't usually give free gifts um, to our guests. I mean, you're the first one, so there is no pattern yet. <laughs> But uh, you do have a copy of Ant-Man and Wasp in front of you. I see that. Um, that was given to you by our children's minister to borrow. Yes. So please make sure you, you, you bring that back. And, and let me make this very clear. For future guests, don't expect free gifts. Um, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. I, I, I did think to myself, I'm like, man, this is a pretty lucrative gig. I'm getting coffee and a movie out coffee, of just yeah. sitting here. You look, I, I take care of my, my guests, Joe. Well, I, I, I feel taken care of. Mm. Sure. All right. Well, uh, we want to have the conversation, and the point of today's conversation is to hear your testimony, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and to hear about your your faith journey and what your uh, relationship with Christ is like now, mm-hmm. right? Uh, now, I, I did email you some things to think about, right? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, who you were before Christ, who you were, or uh, how did you come to Christ, and who are you now yeah. as a result of Christ, right? And and, and that's going to be for our listeners the three basic components of every testimony, right? Where was I before Christ? Who, uh, uh, how did I become a Christian? You know, And uh, what is my life now like because of Christ? Right? And so, so today we'll segment our podcast into those three sections, I think. Um, so let's talk about your, your upbringing, Joe. Um, did you grow up in the church? What was your church experience like as a kid? Um, so I did not actually grow up in the church. Um, we attended... 
I I would call myself a, a we were we were priesters, so we did the whole Christmas Eve and Easter Sunday services. Right. Um, my my mom, I think she was involved in in minister in campus ministries when she was in college back in the seventies. Um, but my dad through. Um, a lot of circumstances that I haven't even, to this day, don't know all the details. Um, he is not a fan of organized religion. Okay, all right. And so he never attended, and because my father was not really a spiritual leader in the house, mm-hmm. it just kind of, we just kind of faltered and wavered in that sort of thing. Um, so I did not grow up um, with a, much of a church experience um, until... I began to have some oh, questions. I started to, my preteen and teenage years kind of came up to like the big questions. Okay. Um, you know, things about purpose and meaning and okay. where did everything come from, that kind of stuff. So, so uh, preteen, which means that what, around 10, 11 ish? Yeah, yeah, 11, 12, somewhere middle school age. So, let's let. let so what was your view of God as a kid? I mean, was he something that you thought of at all? I mean... Um, not really. I, I actually, I do have this memory. I was probably like third or fourth grade, so like eight, nine years old, somewhere in there. And I remember I was, uh, my uncle was a big uh, horse gam- racer and gambler. He, he enjoyed going to the track, so... I bet he prayed a lot. <laughs> Um, no comment. I have no idea on on that one. But I do remember he, uh, one evening, he took, we took, the whole family went there. It was near my grandparents' house in Anderson, Indiana. And, um, he took us all out and he actually won a fairly substantial sum of money on some horses. Like, well, substantial for like a fourth grader. It's like probably two or $300 or something like that. I mean, that's a lot of money even as an adult with kids. That's That's why I don't go to Starbucks. Uh, (laughs) uh, that I do remember very vividly looking up at the night sky and, and asking God, my whatever conception is like, I, cause I really wanted my uncle to give me money so that I could go buy Legos. Yeah. I have a very vivid memory and yeah. of course it didn't happen. Right. Um, and so I guess my view of God at that point was either aloof, like kind of like an aloof wish maker mm-hmm. or wish giver, I guess. Yes, right. Um, where, you know, I, day to day, he was not in, not even close to on the radar for me, but um, then when I had a need or a desire, then I would kind of, um, oh, I kind of, I've read an article about um, like pulling the cosmic slot machine and seeing if my number came up, and that's kind of, that's kind of how I viewed God at that point in my life. Um, so really, so really it wasn't, it wasn't anything close to a day-to-day relationship at all. Sure. And, and, and what kind of, I mean, your mom was in campus ministry. Was she, mm-hmm. was she, uh, as a leader or as a participant? Um, I don't know exactly. I definitely know participant, mm-hmm. um, because she's to this day, actually, and, you know, this is, uh, 40 years on, she mm-hmm. actually still gets um, mail from, it was uh, through with Ball State, okay. where she went, and uh, she still gets letters and newsletters from the campus organizations that she was involved with. I think it was some sort of United Methodist ministry okay. on campus, I'm not yeah. exactly sure, but, yeah. I, but I remember getting those 
like when I would get the mail and hand, and giving the mail to my parents, and she would see those, and she would read them and stuff. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was not something we ever talked about at home. Um, so was her Christianity evident to you, or or or, or, I, or her her background of faith? You know, was that ever evident? Um. Not. Not explicitly, mm-hmm. I don't think. Um, my mom is extremely kind in giving, but um, I just kind of thought that was just how my mom was, and I'm sure it adds part of her personality right. as well. Um, but in terms of, uh, you know, we had we had the old family Bible on the coffee table, but it was never open. Every, every good Christian family has that big family Bible. Oh, yeah, yeah, where you record yeah. marriages and births and that sort of oh, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, so I had was, one too. It was there, yeah. but it was never opened, um, at least in my presence anyway. Um, like they wait for you to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> it is time to open the family Bible. Or, you know, <laughs> Or something really sneaky, like, oh, the kids are in bed, let's go ahead and open the Bible. It's like you're watching some like Netflix show or something like that, you can only watch with your when your kids are asleep. That's what the family Bible was. Put the passcode in, kind of thing, parental lock. But, um, I mean, so I guess I just, so I don't, looking back, I don't think it was, I, I don't think it was necessarily evident. It might have been, I mean, I don't know what my mom was like. Because my mom did grow up in the church. Sure. Uh, my grandparents took her as a girl, and then as, well, after she got married and, and moved away from yeah. her her uh, her foundation there there in that area, my dad, my mom and dad moved away, and then it just kind of it was a kind of a slow fade, I think. Sure. For her. So this kind of almost speaks to this idea that you can't just act your way through evangelism you have words have to match it right you can't just oh yeah yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah exactly right i mean it's, it's more than just showing that you that you're grateful or loving or generous you have to give the reason behind it yeah right absolutely yeah yeah i mean i just yeah because otherwise you know for my sister and i yeah we had a wonderful mother who gave us everything that we needed and more to right. sacrifice for herself but right we just honestly thought that was kind of the role of a mom because yeah. that's what we that what we witnessed. There was no, there was no, I'm doing this because of Christ's love for me, and I'm passing it along to you. There was there was never a thought like that that occurred yeah. in my house. Yeah, have you up. have you talked to your moms about that since you've became a Christian? Not. About that instance per se, and actually, this yeah. this is already being like, man, I need to have those kind of conversations with my mom because, in my own faith journey, she has been encouraged in her faith because of watching what I'm doing now as an adult. I love that. Um, yeah, and so she, so she's been, so we've had a lot of more spiritual conversations, but about this particular topic, no, yeah. I haven't, I haven't talked to her about it. Well, cool. I mean, look, I mean, so you have here little Joey. That's going to refer to you now <laughs> as a kid, uh, which I hate. I hate that. that. <laughs> Noted. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have a brother named Joe, yeah. and, and and now I'm going to start. I'm okay him. with it now, but boy, yeah. I, that would have been I would have you know taken the gloves off if no one had called me Joey back in the day. So. Uh, uh, it's really funny. Uh, my brother Joe. Every one of us is named after a relative. Like, okay. Yeah. So I was called Little Larry my entire upbringing, um, and and please let's not do that today. Um, <laughs> You but, know, you just told all yeah, your did. listeners. Yeah, so, I, I, okay. well, like, all two of them, I'm sure, will really be 
Alyssa, Alyssa said she would listen, so that's three. That's now. three. We got three. Yeah. Excellent. No, uh, but my my brother Joe was named after our aunt Josephine, and remind. Oh, let me tell you. Oh no. We reminded him of that all the time. Yeah. Which actually, I got called Josephine a few times by mm-hmm. people that I, you know, had ill will towards. So. <laughs> So duly noted. Um, uh, so 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 little Joey, uh, you were growing up, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't know, didn't know the Lord. Really had no real connection, you know. But you said something happened. Something was different pre-teenage years. Yeah. What, what was that? What, what was that? Um, <laughs> honestly, it was the introduction of abstract thought. I think. Uh, yeah. Um, right. So I began to think beyond the concrete like what's around me or mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And so I began to really be like, this is probably like seventh, eighth, ninth grade, somewhere in there. Um, really began to be like, okay, so I'm here, but how did I get here? You know, what, are, you know, I'm going to school, I'm doing well in school, uh, but why, why am I going to school? What's the point? I don't understand. Like is... And I began to think, like, okay, my parents, you know, both work full-time jobs, and I'm like, to what end? You know, that sort of thing. So I started to have a lot of questions about beginnings and endings and meaning in between. Well, you were a very advanced 11-year-old, because all I thought about was my day, uh, home, <laughs> video games I was going to play, the naps I oh, was going to take. Oh, don't make me out to be better than I am. I thought about those things, too. So. I mean, a scholar is, is really what this sounds like. <laughs> So okay, yeah, continue. You 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 had these start, started. How did this, how did this lead you then to uh, a faith? Okay, so it's a convoluted story. So it's gonna, it might take a minute or two to get you, there. We have plenty of okay. minutes. Um, so um, my family. So my dad, um, even though he works in IT, he actually is fairly close. He didn't quite finish his PhD in biology. My mom's got multiple degrees in in healthcare okay. and stuff like that. So. Something that was always very prevalent in our family was investigation and discovery and research and that sort of thing. And they were always, my parents, looking back, they were always willing to explore new ideas along with us and encourage us to have independent thought, my sister and I. Um, so, um, so we were kind of, sci- we were a very science-heavy family. My poor sister, Black Sheep, she's in public relations and all this sort of stuff. She did not fit in. Uh, <laughs> poor public relations major. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, she uh, yeah, bless her heart. Um, but I quickly realized that the science that I knew did not, because we kind of put science on a pedestal in, sure. our, in our family. Yeah. Um, but the science that I knew didn't answer those questions. They were, they were the answer to the concrete things. Right. Um, that I saw around me and explained how things worked, but those more abstract questions, science cannot answer. I don't. Right. They're not meant to answer those kinds of questions. Yeah. So then I began to look outside of science with with my parents' full blessing. Like they were very okay with me starting to look at some of the more social sciences and that sort of thing. And it was about that time that. Um, this is probably freshman, sophomore year of high school now, um, that I began to be friends with Christians in our hometown through band. Um, we were all band nerds together, and they invited me to start participating in high school youth group okay. at one of the Christian churches um, in, in town. And 
um, definitely noticed a difference in how uh, how the kids were, but mostly how the adults were. Like mm-hmm. I had not really seen a Christian adult in my entire life, and so I I was able to notice a change in their attitude and behavior. They just you know this kind of seemed more, a little bit more upbeat and and that sort of thing. And so I began to I began to start to get a foundation for faith. Okay. And then right about the time that I was starting to get a little bit more serious, the church went through some upheaval and began to um, they began to to talk about some things that um, made me upset because they were they started to turn a little judgmental toward non-believers in certain ways and I had a lot of friends me myself being a non-believer at the time, and I had a lot of friends who were non-believers at the time, and they became very uh, closed off and had a us versus them mentality. A can you lot. give me like a specific? There? Uh, yeah, I can. Um, and this is gonna sound uh, uh, for our listeners. I was fifteen, so I I, I apologize in advance, but um, they began to really. I remember the sermon series was about, uh, you know our culture and things to look out for and avoid. And one of the things that the preacher really harped on was how evil Harry Potter was. Oh, Harry Potter. Okay. This is right as those that cultural were, war. Yeah. 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 And how, you know, how it was damaging to our faith and how it was, you know, worshiping, not really worshiping the devil, but along those lines. Right. Anyway. And, my dad loves those books, and I will say that even though my dad and I don't see eye to eye on a lot of things, I love my dad, and mm-hmm. I will defend him all the time. And so here I'm hearing this pastor attacking my father, or right. what he what he enjoys, over what I think is something that's just entertainment right. at that point in time. And so I was like, if this is how Christians really feel when you get underneath the surface, then I'm out. Yeah. And so I stopped. Yeah going to church and they tried they actually came to my house like two or three times to try to invite me back and I was just like no I'm done this is I don't want to be that kind of person mm-hmm. um, so then finally if you want to know if we're ready to get to that point where I understand Christ uh, yeah I think I, I think so okay I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's, I don't want I don't want to completely command the conversation here. But that's kind of the point. You're the yeah, true. <laughs> you're true. the guest. So this is your rodeo. I'm just a clown. So oh, all right, all right. you go and and talk about when this became real for you. Okay, got it. So we'll fast forward a couple more years. Um, graduate high school, um, 2003. Um, I don't know if that will make our listeners sad or happy, depending on when they graduate high school. Uh, but I had, I had already been accepted to go to Purdue. I had received a scholarship to pay for most of my way, which was fantastic. So, you know, I was 18 years old. I had no uh, no strings attached. I could do whatever I wanted. I was just kind of living fun and fancy free that summer in between. Um, and then one of my friends said, hey, there's this girl that I want you to meet. Wait, wait, was her name Alyssa? No. Okay, so... No, Alyssa and I have had this conversation. <laughs> she knows She knows that this girl was dating for Jesus, so... Oh, dating for Jesus. I yeah, this, this, I'm a dating for Jesus uh, follower, so... Okay. We, this girl and I, she was a year younger, and actually went to the rival high school, so my rival high, rival high school, but we hit it off pretty well um, that summer, um, and then... 
we decided that we were going to try the whole long distance thing because we were about we were going to be about 150 miles apart when I went to school. So we tried it, um, made it work for about a year. But I but before uh, and then we finally broke up for different reasons. Um, but early on in the relationship, I do remember she is a Christian or at least was. I've kind of lost track of her over the years since then. But at the time, she was very on fire for Jesus. Yeah, and. Um, being, I remember coming home one weekend uh, from Purdue, and while I didn't necessarily agree with a lot of the Christian, cultural Christian thinking at the time, I was also like, well, I could, if I go to church with her, because she would always invite me to church whenever I was in town, and I was like, well, if I go to church with her, that's an extra couple hours that I get to spend with her before I've got to go back to Purdue. So... I, one Sunday morning I said, or one Saturday night, I said, sure, I'll come to church with you in the morning. So uh, we go to her church, which was a very, uh, you know, Bible-centric, focused church, like preach the word as it was, but was also very welcoming. There wasn't a lot of tradition. It's very similar, like, it was a restoration-style church. Okay. Um, and uh, By the way, for our listeners, we are restoration movement, so yeah. you think of Christian churches, churches of Christ... Um, you know, that's, that's the kind of church she was talking about. Yeah. Um, which I didn't know that at the time. Uh, that's something I've learned in the years since, but, um, and the youth minister, uh, was preaching the, the, the sermon that day and basically just gave a very simple, loving gospel message. Like it wasn't, I mean, it was pretty bare bones on, you know, just this, this nature of, of sin, our sinful nature, and the love of God and his mm-hmm. gift of Christ and the invitation to accept Christ and that God's not going to force him on anyone, that we have to choose him for ourselves. And it was just kind of like all the dominoes kind of fell in place mm-hmm. at that point because I had still I was still wrestling with those questions of, of meaning and of origins. Yeah, right. And so... It was just, I, it was kind of like just a, oh, well, that is the simplest and probably best explanation for the questions that I have. It makes complete sense with the experiences that I have had and the thoughts that I have had on life and, and on everything else. And so um, I was like, let's do it. You know, it was, so I, uh, that was the day that, um, they led my girlfriend and the pastor led me into prayer to accept Christ, and I was giddy. I was excited because um, I was excited for having this relationship that explained everything that was going on, yeah. both concrete and in the abstract. Well, that's cool. So, so you meet this girl, you date this girl. This girl brings you to church so you can hang out. Yeah, and you go and, and honestly, you went to church to hang out with your girlfriend. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Which you know, uh, it, Matt Crossman right now is yelling at the speaker uh, when he listens to this because the one thing that that, that he has taught, and we actually uh, encourage you know encourage kids don't evangelize date. Right. Yes. <laughs> do not get do not get a significant other that doesn't know Jesus in oh. hopes that you save them. That mm-hmm. is not what. I completely know. wholeheartedly yeah. agree on yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Joe is an anomaly in so many ways, um, <laughs> <laughs> but also also in, in this way. Uh, but it worked out. Yes, you, you, you came to the Lord through that, and we're grateful 
uh, uh, for that opportunity. Now, when, when, when was your baptism and, and, and things like that? Okay, so I actually did not get baptized till several years later. Okay. I got baptized here at Cornerstone. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it was 2011 or 12, something like that. And, Aly- and Alyssa and I got baptized together. So actually. why the delay? I didn't really know oh, that okay. I needed to do it. Wow. Um, so nothing had really been taught. So, sure. So once again, I'm in this, so I've accepted Christ, and I have no faith community at Purdue. My faith community is 150 miles away, but it's tenuous at best, even that and then. Mm-hmm. And then that summer, between freshman and sophomore year, we break up. Um, and then I'm kind of adrift at that point. Mm. Um, and that following fall semester, that is when some guys that I knew from class invited me to Campus Crusade okay. for Christ. And Which is I, crew now, right? It's crew now. But yeah. then it was Campus Crusade for Christ. Right. Okay. But then it was just crew. Um, and that was my first taste of like real Christian community. Mm. Like, and it was deep and intense and Wonderful. That's awesome. Um, and these guys, the, the the guys and girls in the dorm that I was living in at Purdue, um, they were just like, "Hey, you love Jesus, we love Jesus. Let's love Jesus together and have fun while we do it." And it was a great way for me to kind of firm up my faith a little bit more and get some like and kind of process through what I had just done in accepting Christ through the prayer. Um, but in terms of baptism, I hadn't really known until. Uh, Listen, I were ready to make our commitment to join Cornerstone. Oh, okay. And Tim came to our our home, and Alyssa grew up in the church, um, but grew up in the Methodist church, so she had been sprinkled as a baby. Okay. Yeah. Um, and gone through confirmation as a as a eighth grader or whatever, and so then to join the church, I was all on board with being baptized. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I yeah. mean, it's just kind of a, you know, it's it's an outward commitment, or it's an outward sign of the inward commitment that I mm. have made and things like that. So. Uh, and then so Alyssa um, also agreed to get rebaptized um, now that she was old enough to make that decision on her own. And yeah. so we got baptized uh, together. So, well, cool. I, I mean, that, that's that, that's really. I mean, that's really exciting to hear that our senior minister, uh, you know, comes over and explains to you what baptism is, mm-hmm. the importance of baptism mm-hmm. according to scripture. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, he gave us a little worksheet and everything to work out through after the, after the talk as well. So. And I, I've seen that worksheet myself actually, and, and I love it. Uh, I think it's 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 very thorough and and, mm-hmm. well, and, mm-hmm. and well done. Um, and so it's, it's just really cool to hear, you know, because that it reminds me of, of a particular story in Acts where that very thing happens, where they never heard of the baptism of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and and they're taught about it, and they're like, well, let's get let, let's get baptized, which yeah. is really, really the, the kind of story that you wanted. But I, I want to uh, go back sure. to uh, the crew, uh, Campus Crusade guys. Yeah. Um, how how important or vital to your discipleship or to your growth in Christianity were those guys? Oh, I would have been lost without those, without those guys. Um, cause, uh, you know, they, they were ones who were much more firm in the faith than I was. I mean, they knew my story they had, they had seen, all right, when I have to explain to them, they knew that I was a brand spanking new baby Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we, we, I had, a Men only, men's only Bible study with the guys on Wednesday nights and again on Saturday mornings. And then plus we had our corporate worship where all of the different Campus Crusade groups got together on Friday nights for worship and a message okay. um, from the Purdue uh, crew guy. And I mean, they were, 
And so, that, so in addition to receiving, you know, the truth, the, the, the community, you know, I always think of, of the acts, how all the believers were together and would, uh, you know, sharing everything and that sort of stuff. I mean, we definitely just lived life together during that whole time. And so we were, whenever we weren't in class, we were together and I could see how their, their relationship with Christ influenced their relationship with other Christians, with non-believers, with how they approached school and jobs and, you know, how it just impacted every single little vein of life. Sure. And because I was, I was at the time, I was still thinking, I was like, I got my Christian life and then it's, Mm. it's a subset of, I have different lives and it all makes one life. And now I'm realizing that Christian life becomes part of every other aspect. Fully encompassing, yes, right? Yeah. And, and, and it sounds like these guys were intentionally authentic. Uh-huh, absolutely. Uh, in, in all aspects of their lives. And I, I think there's a, you know, that's one of the things that we can learn as Christians today because I think we compartmentalize oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. our church life from our work life, from our school life, from mm-hmm. our personal lives, when really it should be Christ filtering everything through Christ and, and showing Christ to the world in all yeah. aspects of life. Well, sometimes it's just easier to compartmentalize. Sure it is. I mean, because then you can make decisions that you may, that your Christian self may not necessarily agree with, but it's like, well, it's in the best interest at the moment, or right, it's right, easy, right. or something like that. The so, ends justify the means. Yeah. I don't have to consider the morality of it until afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, And that's yeah. what I thought at the time, and then they kind of taught me that, no, this this affects all the other pieces. This is the central piece that affects all the other pieces. Okay. So. Okay. So, so you went from this kid who had no relationship to Christ to this adult who had a pretty substantial relationship with Christ. I like um, to think so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how are you different now uh, because of your faith in Christ? Now, the, here, here's, the, here's the caveat, right? Because a lot of this is just maturity, right? You yeah. went from, you know, a 15-year-old, you know, kid who rejected the church to a 34-year-old 34, 34, 34, yeah. adult with kids. Uh, you know, you're going to look at things differently as a human being, 20-year difference, Mm -hmm. right? But can you pinpoint differences uh, because of Christ in your life? I would say the biggest difference that I can pinpoint is hope. I have, uh, it's um, a hope for my future, the future of my family. Um, You know, before this point, you know, I, I was of the opinion that when you died, that was it. Like, and that was actually a thought that, like, petrified me with fear that you just didn't exist after you passed away. And, um, to, and so there's hope that even in the middle of the trials... So I would... So my emotions would be all over the place because... I didn't have any sort of grounding in, in hope or a long term, like an internal perspective. And so I would like to think, um, Alyssa could probably be more truthful in this, being an outside <laughs> observer and seeing me every day. And being your wife. Yeah. Your wives are always honest. <laughs> Sometimes they're brutally. Uh, but I would like to think that because I have an internal perspective that, you know, things that, uh, would have bothered me 
um, or just the hope that I have in my eternal life, which doesn't happen when I pass away. It started in 2004 when I said, Jesus, I want you in my life. That's when my eternal life mm. began. Yeah. Um, and that was also a new thing to me. It's like, oh, wait, the Christian life is not just when you die. It's Holy Spirit's with you right now. Right. Which right, is fantastic. Right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, I would say that I'm just a lot more... <laughs> And it's kind of like a peaceful hope, I guess. It's not something I'm like bounding around all excited, although I do get that way. Larry yeah. can Larry can vouch. But it's just more of like a, I'm at peace a lot um, with with life. And yeah, things don't always go my way, and I do get frustrated and upset sometimes. But it's not it's not something my my center core is still um, still pretty solid. So I know. I'm using a lot of non-technical terms here, and I might be very wishy-washy in my definitions, but um, I like I, I like to think that you know I'm just I'm I'm living for eternity, and mm-hmm. I know that eternity is coming, and uh, yeah. So I try to view the lens of what's going on around me in that with that lens of of eternity. So. Yeah, no, I I I think really hope is the uh, one of the foundational results of having Christ mm-hmm. in your life, you know, because, you know, we're, I mean, revelation exists for the mere fact of giving hope, right? I mean, that's the yeah. whole, that's the whole idea. Like, you know, Jesus' very first words, I am coming and I'm coming quickly, you know, that's to give people hope, mm-hmm. you know, and so I think you having hope and, and, and that gives you a different perspective in life. I look at things differently. I look at disease differently. I look at death differently. I look at finances differently even parenting i look at differently yeah you know because i have a hope in christ that that i wouldn't have had had i not um and and this is this is really you know the the difference between me and you because you know i i i also didn't grow up in the church right um and i have a a different answer to number three which we're not going to get into right now (laughs) uh why how is my life different uh but you know you um you have this uh, you know, normal guy kind of uh, personality and attitude, you know. Oh, if you really knew me, I don't think normal would be the definition. Well, I mean, okay, touche, uh, touche. But you know what I mean, though? It, it's just, you know, you, 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 you had a pretty good upbringing. I did, I did. I had a very stable home life, <laughs> yeah. nothing like that. Nothing, there was no, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and yet you can, you can see the difference of Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the points why we're doing this podcast, because there's a lot of people like you who grew up in stable families, who grew up, grew up with great parents, you know, who, even if they didn't have a foundation of Christ, had a morality, uh, you know, that, that guides their decision-making. And, and for, for them to be able to hear that there is a substantial difference mm-hmm. Uh, outside of my moral upbringing to a Christian life, yeah. that that's worth its weight in gold, man. You know, and so that's for 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 you. That's a way to minister to people around you. Like, yeah, I, I lived had a pretty good life, but Christ is better. Yes, even in the midst of a good life, Christ is better. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of reminds me of that phrase that the the good is the enemy of the best, or oh. something along those lines. Yes, 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 yes. There's actually a book. Uh, and he's not paying me to say this. Uh, I wish you were, um, Henry Cloud, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's called it's called Necessary Endings, and, and, and it talks about 
Our home group did that book study a year year or two ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, ben was telling me about that. Yeah. Uh, necessary endings, though, is uh, this idea that you don't strive for the good, you strive for the best. Right, and that means cutting out the good. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean that's really the Christian life. You're going for the best, but you got to cut out the good to get there. Yeah. Um, so, awesome. All right, la- last question, and, we'll, and if it branches off, fine. But last <laughs> last question that I have is: How are you uh, taking your faith and intentionally raising your children with it? Mm-hmm. You, you you mentioned how your parents didn't do that. Yeah. You know, your mom especially, you know, and, and, and that's not a knock on your mom. It's just, you're doing it different. Right? Yeah. How are you doing it differently? Um, so I, I feel like there's an urgency involved with how I, I'm raising my boys. Um, that, uh, the, the analogy I always use in my head is that I am now the captain of this ship that was going in one direction and I've got to turn the ship around to go a different direction and um, I am just trying to be very visible and vocal um, and being explicit about why, I, my, why my actions hopefully, uh, portray my relationship with Christ, that why, why am I doing things that might seem strange, or, you know, this is why we're not allowing you to do things, because Christ is saying that, actually, I had this discussion with Jeremiah yesterday about why we weren't going to let him buy certain books at the school book fair, because they were not great, they were not edifying, they were not something that was going to build him up. We had that same conversation with London, uh, yesterday. Yeah. Because her book fairs today. Yeah. 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 So, and so, you know, instead of, as opposed to just saying, no, you can't do that, I was like, these books are not good for your relationship with God or with other people. Right. And, and, and I think because we're being, Alyssa and I both are being very intentional about having conversations, even with, you know, Caleb being only three, we're still trying to make sure that. Christ, his name, and what he's done for Alyssa and I is known yes. to our kids, mm-hmm. and not just in how we act, but in what we say and how we and, and that sort of things. So. Yeah, I, I mean, in that conversation with the book, that translates over to video games, yep. video games especially. We don't even have video games in our homes. Yeah, so. I can't say the same. Uh, <laughs> well, your kids are older though. Yeah, well, yeah, it's still not true of the younger ones uh, because once you get video games into the house, everybody. And I am uh, a video game um, guy. Yeah, uh, I, I am a gamer. Uh, gotcha. Casual, I, but still one nonetheless. Yeah, I feel like I, I kind of missed the boat on that one. I'm like an 80 year old man in like a 30 year old body. I like to like garden and like putz, putz around in, in the back 40 kind of thing like that. I, so, I'm, I'm picturing you in a polo and golf shorts right now with scissors. Yep. Um, uh, I mean, it's, it's actually on my list to do when uh, this warm, when warm weather comes to kind of deadhead my flower beds and I'm, I'm excited for that sort of thing. So you're talking about being, being kind of off in left field and not being normal. There you go. So, Well, I take back ahead. every compliment I've had of you so far. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, look, I mean, it's all about Christ, right? Yes, and, uh, absolutely. I, Heather and I actually pulled out all of our flowers and things in our yard because we kill everything. Uh, and so we just put rocks down. Gotcha. And a statue of Jesus. That's <laughs> that's really all we have. Well, we all we yeah. have in our yard right now are just rocks and Jesus. If, if I could make a decent living, I would totally be a farmer. So yeah. there, there you go. Yeah, I mean, hey, 
God could be calling, dude. I would, I would love it. I, 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 and God, if you're listening, which I know you are. Uh, God, if you're listening, God is a active listener of yes, our podcast. Absolutely. There you go. Yeah, um, I would need a big. I need a big flashing sign uh, saying, "Go do this." But hey, man, Gideon asked for fleece. Uh, you could ask for a eat at Joe's sign. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, we're we're way off tangent here, which is which is fine. It's, uh, we're wrapping up. This is banter. Okay. You know, this yeah, is okay, okay. you know. I, look, I don't tell you how to farm. You don't tell me how to podcast. Touche, <laughs> touche. <laughs> Everyone's like, man, that guy's a jerk. I'm, I'm gonna sit. I'm gonna sit here. My posture is improving. I'm just gonna go. Okay, yes, Mister Way. I'm not never going to that shirt. <laughs> That's a jerk. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Joe. I do appreciate you. Hey, you I guys. had a blast. This was so much fun, and I'm still I'm still working on my coffee. This is going to be great. Yeah. So because the kids are crazy. So. Well, we were going to do the last sip, but that you're uh, about. Oh my gosh! Hour. I'd have to drink like six ounces all at once. <laughs> I don't know if I could do the. I can call it the last chug. Uh, <laughs> call me a couple hours later. All right, Larry. I'm ready for the last sip. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. So, but no, thank you, and and thank you to our listeners for listening to the Cornerstone uh, Coffee and Conversation podcast. Uh, we would love for you to join us if you're not already on Sunday mornings at nine a.m. and ten thirty a.m. Uh, you will see Joe on stage at times, at times uh, yeah. uh, singing and dancing like a fool, but in the name oh, of Jesus. I have some great white guy moves. <laughs> you shouldn't miss out on that. <laughs> you really shouldn't. But great biblical teaching, uh, great uh, Sunday school, uh, great worship. Uh, and the Connections Minister is not too bad. Um, so uh, so uh, join us. Uh, you can find out more information, www.cornerstonerock.org. Who says www anymore? I don't think anybody does. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, you can look for us at CCC Brownsburg on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, if you want to tweet about the podcast, use hashtag Cornerstone Coffee and Conversation. All right, that will do it for us this week. We will see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.